Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Cricket Podcast for our coverage of the second day of the third test between England and Australia. It started with a wobble for England but that man again, Ben Stokes, came to the rescue and as things stand, it is once again all to play for. Pretty much even. I'm Jack Hope. I'm joined by Ross Legg to talk about all of the cricket. How are you doing, Ross? Are you having a good day? Did you enjoy the cricket? Yeah. Uh yeah, I watched the, most of the afternoon. It was um, yeah, pretty good viewing. Uh, Stokes, one-legged hero um, for England, keeping us in the game. Um, and I think anything with a deficit of yeah, less than 50, that's what they were going for. And uh, yeah, given us hope, I think. Um, and then some good bowling um, from the wonderful Moeen Ali um, brings, us into, uh, brings us into contention. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a really good spell from him. Uh, we've got a lot of cricket to get through today. Not least, um, you know, the anti-Baz ball and then the Stokes and then the, the Moeen spell. But uh, plenty of other touch points, including Bearstow and Smith flaring up. So let's dive straight into things, Ross. Uh, have you got a summary to hand? Can you tell us? Can you walk us through the story beats? Yeah, the story beats. So uh, England came out. We uh, we didn't have loads of wickets remaining. Um, and unfortunately for us, uh, we then had even less wickets remaining as uh, uh, Joe Rue got out second ball of the day. Bairstow kind of followed not too um, late afterwards. Um, and then it was a case of going, oh, no, England had gone with the Rajasthan Royal selection pick and we've not actually got a lot of uh, batting left. Um, Moeen Ali did what Moeen Ali does, has a bit of a swipe, fell into a trap, but kind of bad for enough time, I suppose, to at least kind of say he was doing what he was supposed to do. Um, but again, Australia kind of seemed to have plans for the different people. Um, Mark Wood came in with a blistering 28 off of eight balls, including his first ball going for six. The first person to do that since Beefy Botham um, back in the 80s, which is uh, a nice thing to have as a little record. Um, and then... 
you know, Stokes kind of took people to the cleaners at least a little bit again. He was pretty much batting on one leg. Um, people were saying whether it was cramp. People were saying whether it was um, kind of his knee seizing up and all this kind of stuff. Um, he wasn't looking good in the field at all. Um, and yeah, but there he is still scoring loads of runs. 80 was a massive contribution. Um, it kept England alive in this game. And what the order was from the bowlers was get some early wickets. Um, David Warner, the bunny of all bunnies, 17th dismissal by Stuart Broad. Um, and then Australia seemed to gain back a little bit of control. They were they were blocking things out they were seeing things off quite nicely not too troubled um, there was a couple of drops in there some difficult some not so difficult um, but then carnage happened we dropped Marnus Labashain and then next ball he decided to slog sweep one um, he's played the slog sweep six times apparently and got out three times doing it um, and then Steve Smith came in and just knocked one to Ben Duckett at um, mid-wicket. It was a baffling cricket. Um, and then Chris Wokes got rid of what well, the biggest thorn in England's side, really, throughout this series in Usman Khawaja. So um, it leaves the game with, um, what, the Aussies leading by about 140 runs. Travis Head and Mitch Marsh saw them to the close of play with a kind of 25-30 partnership. And yeah, now England just... Uh, the door is open for England to win this, which... Um, is it a must-win game? Well, I, yeah. I mean, it's sort of open. I would say a jar, because the door is also yeah. well open for Australia to win this. It's um, it's not. I don't think anywhere close to a done deal uh, at this point in time. Oh, I, could, I completely, I completely, I completely yeah. agree. Um, and I, and I, I would, I would say it was incredibly, incredibly even. Uh, I think we should start with the afternoon session, uncharacteristically. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk a little okay. bit about. You know what England did in the morning tactically, if if you like. But it's the afternoon where the game really comes to life. England they go into it um, and they're in pretty bad shape. You know they're not they're they things have taken a turn for the worse. Wokes is out just before uh, the lunch break, as you said. Markwood first ball after lunch comes out and it's you know, incredible. It really sets the tone for kind of the rest of the day in a way. He hits. He just goes on the back foot and plants one into the crowd. It's 24 off eight balls. It's the most runs anyone in a test... It's the second most runs anyone in a test match has ever had after eight balls, 24. Um, walks back. Uh, out comes... Uh, who, who, you know, who came in there? It was Broad, wasn't it? He bats kind of, kind of normally. Uh, but at the other end, Stokes starts to go, and there's this mad passage of play where... Uh, I, don't, I don't really know why, but Pat Cummins saw fit to feed the young off-spinner Todd Lyon to uh, Todd Lyon, Todd Murphy, to Todd, Todd Lyon, to well, I was thinking of feeding to the lions, but you know, mm. the, the actual lion um, got in my brain, uh, wiggled his way in and, and came out my mouth. Um, and, and Stokes is hitting him for six. And then at the other end, Australia seemed to have no interest whatsoever in keeping Stokes off strike there. They've got men on the boundary, sort of letting England take a single when they want. And, and really, I think Australia, they go from a position where it looks like they're going to have a, a big old lead, 142 for seven, England were, to mm. it being only 26, ma- mainly on the back of Ben Stokes, but with, with chipping runs uh, from some of the other guys as well. Um, it, it, it was absolutely crazy cricket, Ross, wasn't it? I mean, like, it, it's mad in this series how we oscillate from, like, passages of play that are sort of normal to just utter carnage and, and one team suddenly massively on top and you can't really explain why 
Yeah, I, I, I turn on now expecting five wickets to fall in a session and 200 runs to be hit. <laughs> like, it's like, like it's, literally everything is on fast forward and it's fantastic to watch. Um, you kind of talk about Todd Murphy being kind of fed to Ben Stokes. I thought Todd kind of bowled admirably um, in the face of what was kind of clearly a, um, we're gonna, a bit of a kamikaze plan, really, um, for them. Um, and he got his man in the end, his first wicket in England, the first wicket in Ashes is Ben Stokes. It's not a bad one to get. Um, but there are some bits where you do have to kind of question um, those passages of play. It kind of reminded me when Joe Root just used to let sessions just go by and literally you would just be like, we need to do something. And it's like, nah, they could just bat for a little while. It's fine. Um, and yeah, you saw that from Cummins today. Um, who... Comes away with a with his fifer or sixth, I think he got in the end. Yeah, um, and he bowled well. He did. I mean, like coming to was a sort of the story of the morning. I thought uh, he picks up six wickets. He picks up some big wickets along the way as well, uh, including mm. Root second innings of the day. I loved on the BBC uh, Alistair Cook's trailer for the day was it's all about Root, and then he is out literally second ball, and it's it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those ones. And it, it like, you know when that happens. Um, in the in these kind of matches where batting is difficult, Root is basically England's batting lineup a lot of the time. Uh, Stokes is is sort of in the mixer too, uh, as as we've seen today and 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 last week. But you know, ball one, the big dog, come dog comes in and gets gets England's big dog, uh, and that basically meant that England weren't going to be able to get a lead I thought I thought it was it was it was one of those and he follows it up with a bunch more wickets England do some dumb things to him hitting the ball in the air when, when they'd probably be best advised not to but he's an absolute champion bowler and Ross most importantly he now has more Ashes Fifers than Mitchell Marsh so we can consider him to be an elite Ashes bowler uh, I think here's the question do you, do you think there's anyone better in the world than, than Pat Cummins at the moment um I think it's quite a difficult one, um, but I think uh, as a as a captain bowler as well, I think he's done a pretty good job, and he just must be horrible, horrible to face, um, and just the sheer longevity of it all. He's playing every single Test match. Um, he's always leading from the front typically, and he always bowls the hard overs as well, right? He's always putting himself in that position of going, nope, I'm I'm this is my thing to do, um, and it's unbelievably admirable. Um, but, I mean, can you say he's better than Mitch Marsh? I don't know. He, Pat Cummins doesn't have a test century, does he? So. No, that's true. Uh, that is true. And Mitch Marsh is not out, looking ominous <laughs> in, in, in this innings. Ross, I want to talk Mitch to Marsh, I'm not joking. He's got the world's biggest bat. Well, I'm not sure. Like, it's actually, I was literally messaged you today. It's like a tree trunk. It's insane how big his bat looks. It well, generally looks like he's walked out. I mean, it generally looks like he's walked out and he's got like a door of a wardrobe that he's batting with. And it's just like, this is ridiculous. If, you're, um, if yeah, your nickname, looks, if your nickname is Bison, then you can't be carrying around a £2.8 bat, can you? Like, you have to... No, you can't. You have to be going big there. Uh, Ross, I wonder what you thought of the tactics this morning. Um, seeing that they go, go nuts, and we probably haven't given Stokes enough credit for that 80. It was another magical innings. Um, like Just insane that this guy keeps doing it. On one leg this time... Um, dealing mainly in sixes by the end of it because of sort of where the fielders were were, were put to him and and you know comfortably scoring and and, and looking pretty good. Um, so loads of credit to Stokes, but I wonder whether you think England maybe left it a bit too late to press the accelerator. I think this morning they scored at two point seven and over, which is about as slow as they've gone during the in quotes Baz Ball era. 
Um, did they did they miss an opportunity in in your book to put pressure on Australia? Did they go away from their principles, or you know, did, were they demonstrating that if they played proper cricket, then they would actually be a terrible, terrible cricket team, and that they need to be kind of nuts to compete at all? Where where do you land on on this? Was it just a was it sort of a show of weakness to demonstrate that the the other thing is is bet is a better idea? Um, no, I think sometimes you just have to offer credit to the opposition. I thought actually Australia came out the traps absolutely flying this morning and you saw what good bowling actually looks like in Test cricket and England had to kind of knuckle down and actually work through that. Um, the fact that they still come away from a, like with a deficit of about 30 runs shows you how well kind of Australia did. Um, and if it wasn't for that Ben Stokes magic at the end, then we would have been struggling. Um, I think England with their tail starting at seven um, because let's be fair I love Moeen Ali don't get me wrong but he is not the batsman that he once was in that space he is being used as a kind of a bottom order kind of hitter let's see if you can get 25 and see what we can get out of you it's not someone you're expecting to be like oh our number seven's really good at in 75 and is a real kind of like yeah. he's the stop gap right he's not a thorn um, in anyone's side is he Nobody's going. Oh, maybe no, maybe, maybe, maybe his own side. <laughs> maybe, yeah, I reckon Moeen Ali's a thorn in his own side. That's what I think. Um, but I think yeah, England didn't really have that choice. The, the the their eleven that they had and the lack of flexibility that then gave them from a batting perspective meant that they had to try and bat some time in the game and try and put some overs into the legs. Try and make sure that the ball got a little bit older and then try and fill in later, like we saw. Um, so I thought those tactics actually showed a little bit of um, progression actually from England a little bit of evolution of this kind of basketball thing of going oh wait we don't have to try and hit everything for six um, there is a little bit of kind of give and take which probably would have benefited us in the previous two test matches at, at one point or another Ooh, controversial I actually think that England really did leave I think they didn't put enough pressure on Australia earlier in the match um, or earlier in the day rather now look I recognise completely that Pat Cummins after a day or after a good sleep and a nice warm up is a pretty fearsome animal to deal with. But I, I, I think with the bat, England actually for once in this series and for once in the last year or so did let the the game drift a little bit. I, I don't, I don't think they look to score in as progressive a fashion as as they have at other times, and I don't think it really did them any favours either. Um, I, I, I think. When I mean, we talk about, we've talked about the Wokes wicket, whether the point that falls, it's uh, they're on 142 at that point off 42 overs. So let's just do some quick maths on that. They're scoring at 3.38 and over, which is probably a run below, maybe a run and a half below their, their normal scoring rate on a pitch where scoring quickly was possible. And I think at that point in time, they were, they were big, big favourites to carry a huge deficit and maybe an insurmountable deficit into the second innings. It's only when they decide, well, well, let's try and hit a few sixes and, and, and see what happens that they're on top. And, and Australia, frankly, I think actually lost their minds a little bit. I, I don't think they, they coped with the onslaught very well. Now that you can, you can see why, um, bearing in mind it's Headingley and it's Stokes and Stokes did it to them last week. Um, but I, 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 I did think, I did think England missed a, a trick, uh, maybe not a trick, um, but I don't. Yeah, just, I don't. I don't think this is a risk. Yeah, but I don't think this is an example of, of of like really clever cricket because they lost a stack of wickets in the morning. They yeah, but they, they but, lost but again, Rue, like, they, they lost Bearstow, they lost Wokes, they lost Moeen. They were on their way to losing the match, and then they decided, well, what happens if we do try and score some runs? 
and they came right back into it. That's what my argument yeah, no, is. I, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you're wrong there. I just think there is a little bit around, this isn't a T20 innings, right? Where you might as well just hit out. If you've lost a couple of early wickets, you might as well go down swinging with a ship, right? This is the bit where we had to try and get back to some level of parity and... They read the game as, do you know what, we can't do this as we've lost two early wickets in Root and Bearstow. Mo, Mo and Ali stuck around for a little while, right? Got, what, 45 balls that he faced? Um, and you're, you're right, could we have done a little bit quicker? Quite possibly. But going a little bit quicker also comes in with more risk. And it's better for us to be having a deficit of kind of 30 runs than it was to be all out in this test match and be, what, 100 runs behind? Well, yeah. Um, I and mean, I think I... because, we're, because, we're, because, we're, because we're 2-0 down in the game... I just think they, they just couldn't do that acceleration in that at that point in the match. I think they had to try and take it a little bit further. Um, but they didn't really take it, it been a little bit. It's my argument here. Like, this was very much 2021 England. Um, you know, sort of sit there and take it. Um, don't, don't try and do anything to prevent the beating that's going to be handed out. Just accept that you're not good enough and, and that eventually the bowlers are going to get you out. And it, it felt very much like that in the, in the morning. Um, I, I didn't think mm. there was... You know, a lot of fight. Obviously, Stokes has got is maybe accepted from this criticism because he does have a fundamentally sound defensive technique. But I, I don't know if you can say the same for the others. So you're kind of waiting around to die. Like England weren't going anywhere; they were going towards a, a pretty substantial loss. And then their number nine came in and smacked a six first ball, and they were like, "Oh, holy shit! Maybe we can score some runs here." And they did. Like they, it wasn't set up in my view, by Moe Nally fucking around and scoring forty like twenty or forty six balls. Like that you know, it it, it was just delaying yeah. the I inevitable at Moe and Ali wicket. And then they got him out as soon as they tried something. Like it was it was <laughs> like, why didn't you hit some of these fuller balls for four or six and at least you'd uh, maybe put them under a bit of pressure. Um but yeah, I I, yeah. Know, I, I, I thought I thought this was actually a case where England blinked and went away from the the style of cricket that was keeping them competitive because they aren't as good as Australia. I think it's, it's fundamentally as simple as that. And then they kind of remembered who they were when the world's greatest man, Mark Wood, came out and they were like, oh, well, you know, maybe we maybe we should go down swinging. And they did go down. They were, they were bowled out quite quickly after lunch. I think it was less than an hour, but they put on 100 runs. So it was, um, it really, it softened yeah. the blow of the demise rather than prolonging the the kind of agony that was my take i i i yeah i we'll have to maybe agree to disagree on that one ross should we um take a quick break uh what what else do we want to cover cover afterwards we had some we had some talking points we've got the best though moment that's definitely on the docket um steve mm-hmm. smith 100 test we, that was good wasn't it um yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I think I think yeah, a little bit of the brain fade from australia and then their kind of batting innings i think we probably sure. need to cover um yeah let's be uh, back in two seconds Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Podcast, a part two of our episode on the second day of the third test at Headingley in the Ashes. It was another good one. The game is still finally poised, and we have a few more talking points. Ross, I think well, let's talk about Australia's batting. Um, you, you described hmm. brain fades. Do you want to talk us through that a little bit? Where do you think they've they've made mistakes here, and have they squandered uh, a massive opportunity in this match? Have they done an England? Yeah, I think so. I think they. Oh, I'm not sure they did it in England, but uh, I think there is definitely a bit where I mean Warner. It's just that's just inevitable now, right? The Warner is coming. Like this is the last series that he's going to play. If he's really lucky, he'll play the one in January where he wants to retire back at home, and that's fine. And that's if they want to be like that, that's great. But Stuart Broad just has him on toast. Seventeen times he's got him out, um, and he doesn't even try anything too different against Broad. It looks like he's just like if you look at the dismissals, they're all so so similar. And it's just like Dave, mate, you've got to try and do at least something. <laughs> he's, he's, he's falling into that kind of insanity camp, right? Um, you then had this period of play where that, that Australia put their big boy trousers on and we're just like, no, we're going to make you bowl here. We're going to take some of the gas out of Mark Wood. We're going to force you to do some stupid things um, and yeah, really try to get you to panic a little bit. And I thought what England did well there was actually rotate the field, rotate the bowling unit quite well. Um, and actually what you saw there was some of the captaincy that people, some of the good captaincy that you see from Stokes, which I think is a little bit more proactive than his counterpart Cummins. Um, I think in terms of the brainlessness, like Labuschagne, I, know you, I think you said it on the chat earlier saying that um, the guy has tried like three different approaches across this series already. He's just, he's just woefully out of form and he's like really trying to find something and trying to click. Um, he didn't look like it is flu at best. Um, he almost looked like two batsmen in one batsman, if that kind of makes sense. There was some real, you know, maybe questionable decisions he was making. There's a Jekyll and Hyde um, to him. I think that's a, a really good statement that he made there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and you saw him where he yeah, just caught in those two minds, um, and that ultimately is kind of what ended up with his downfall. Really, um, I do think the Markwood pace factor does have a big impact here. Um, you kind of see if you, it's, it's very different facing a seventy-eight miles an hour Ollie Robinson versus a ninety-two miles an hour Markwood. Um, and Nasser Hussein actually did some pretty good um, analysis in terms of the intervention points and actually being able to understand like actually the more it pushes them back the more these kind of wickets start to come into play etc and you saw Labuschagne kind of go no I need to take this on I can't just be a sitting duck like you suggested England were earlier in the day um, Bairstow dropped that one I think it was a tough catch from Bairstow um, there's but no again, sympathy in the bank, right. though, is there now? Like, yeah, you, yeah, you they, all the credit, all the credit's yeah. gone. Like, if that was, if yeah. he'd taken all the other catches, people would have said great effort. But yeah, you don't get it was that. A start. He drops a bloody yeah. another one, yeah. um, and then everyone's sarcastically applauding when he actually takes a really simple <laughs> catch later on in the game. Um, but then Labuschagne, literally, I think it's literally the next ball, and he's he's playing it's Moeen Ali here, um, and the guy plays a slog sweep for no reason whatsoever. Like Harry Brook is out there. Um, as, a, as a sweeper he's not, he's not there as a wicket-taking field placement um, he's there sweeping and stopping the boundary and it was just it was completely and utterly brainless like they were in complete control of the game there and if Labuschagne bats for another hour like the game is gone 
um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and there's no pressure on Kawaja to do anything, etc. Like they can literally just bat. And it's a beautiful day at Headingley. No, not a cloud in the sky. The pitch is flat. There's a bit of uneven bouncer and a bit of movement. But what he did there to Moeen Ali, who's, let's be fair, he's not getting turn or anything like that. And they let him tie up an end, threw away that wicket. Steve Smith comes in and like a completely like uncharacteristic thing from Steve Smith. He, he misread the flight of the ball from Moeen um, and just chipped it straight up to Ben Duckett at mid-wicket. And you were just like, why have you done that? Australia fans who are listening to us talk about this, they're still going to be like, I don't know why he did it. I don't know why they both did it. Um, and yeah, it was completely brainless for it. And that, that was the bit that got England in, back into the game. Um, Moen Ali hasn't gone for many runs in this innings he's been able to hold up an end he's been able to do that job um, and I think that's a massive massive plus point for England here and him getting two wickets is yeah like, and they're two or two of their best two of their top three batsmen that is insanely good um, and then yeah Kawaja um, I was happy for Wokes getting him out I thought Wokes going back into the side was a big thing I think Wokes has been a little bit um I don't know. His stock has dropped quite suddenly, I think. Um, and I think it was really nice to see him get a wicket. And yeah, you just saw it there that Travis Head and Mitch Marsh managed to bring a bit of stability back and wrestle back control of that game um, and pretty much get it to parity of where it was at the opening game, uh, opening day of play in terms of percentage wise of winning, which yeah, I think is still in favour of Australia. But they had an opportunity to bat England out of the game this afternoon and they squandered that opportunity. Uh, they're both they're really really weird wickets. I mean the 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 Labuschagne one is brainless cricket, and I, I think I think we've we've talked a little bit about how he's been moving around his crease. It's not there wasn't re- the the technique changes he's been making have been predominantly to combat seam bowling. I think he's a bit worried about where his off stump was, so he started really covering it up, and that meant he was out caught behind to two balls that were missing off stump by a long way. Um, in in the first test at Edgebaston, then he changed his trigger movement, and he was talking like Barrett Sunderason was talking about the the preparation he'd gone through between the Edgebaston test and the Lords test, starting by having an exaggerated trigger movement and then reducing it by two inches a day until the day of the test match. Didn't really help him very much because he didn't look great at, at Edgebaston either. And then he's come up, I think, with a slightly more open setup in in this test, and he's got a, a few runs. But like you say, they they're they're, they're the kind of runs where one ball, he looks a million dollars creaming the ball through the covers. And then the next, he's feeling with his hands way outside of stump and it, it's an edge through third slip. Um, mm. Really not in sorts. And that, that shot is not the shot of somebody who's been uh, a number one ranked test batter. Um, fair, fair enough, a lot of those runs have come at home. But that's not, that's not a man comfortable with his game. And then Smith, I mean, Smith, the, that's one of the biggest gifts that England will ever get. Um, this is a guy who averaged over a hundred against Moeen Ali. Uh, there's a, <laughs> and he scored a lot of runs against. So there's a there's a big sample size there, and over eighty against off-spin bowling in general, and he hits an absolute dolly uh, to to mid wicket. You, you, you know, you you if you're an England fan, you really go and buy a lottery ticket because because those well, two. It was kind of. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of you know those moments where you kind of rewatch some of like the um, Ashes two thousand and five um, kind of highlights. You know when um, Shane Warne drops one at slip, and it, like the, the, the game, I think he drops, he drops Peterson at slip, and it kind of it just turns the game on its head. It just goes, oh, actually, that we can do this, and it, a bit of belief kind of comes back into the England side. Yeah, and I think that's what we saw here today, and like 
they, like they didn't go really anywhere anywhere quickly either right start um marsh and head had to kind of rebuild they had to stay in and they had to see it through to close so they did that job they're what 140 runs ahead and like if England can strike early tomorrow, they are into that tail, right? I mean, mm. Alex Carey's put a bit of resistance, which I think is good, but you saw him against Mark Wood. He, he had no answer to him whatsoever. And I think if they can get Mark Wood, like, in, probably in the ice bath for about seven hours tonight uh, <laughs> and get him fit and firing in the morning, um, give him some like, smelling salts as he goes out or something. Yeah. Um, but in, England tomorrow like, must be seeing, goes, we, we can get these guys out for 200 and we can chase down 200. Yeah. Um, I know there's weather about over the next kind of couple of days, um, but I think because of the low-scoring nature of this match, I think there could there should well be a winner out of whichever team it kind of lays down to, because there is enough in both of these teams to cause some damage. Um, I think where England probably needs to be a little bit wary is like England's bowling lineup is doing bits on this pitch, and the pitch is still a good batting deck. Um, and England just need to make sure that they don't throw away the wickets like Smith and Labuschagne did. They make them really difficult to get them out. Um, and I know they're going to be positive, which is great, and but they can do that. But when it comes to people like Joe Root and Bearstow at five, you just can't throw it away. Um, and yeah, well, yeah, a, a lot is on the line here. Um, ashes goes if they don't bat, uh, don't bowl them out cheaply tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I think you could probably go as far as saying the the next session determines whether England have got a serious chance of winning the test uh, and, and getting back into the Ashes or not. If if Head and, and Marsh, and Head has been fan, I mean, we've not talked too much about Head, but Head in this Ashes has been really good in that counter-attacking role. If he gets, if he puts on 40 and, and March, um, and March, Marsh, you know, Jesse March, the, um, the <laughs> football manager, uh, and, and Marsh gets some runs, and they can they can get that lead up to 200 really quickly. In an hour, the lead could be 200, and then the game looks a long way away for England. One wicket, though, with some overheads at Headingley, um, potentially on and off as well. So you could see some decent spells. Robinson, we're not really sure whether he'll bowl. He was on fielding, so that in theory he could bowl in the morning. Even if he's out, if England are on and off, then you can get Wokes doing one end, can't you? Or Broad doing one end, and... and manage wood, wood quite well wood, as well yeah, we're just attacking at the uh, yeah the, so uh, it could be it could be tricky I, I england are going to have a chance and it will be it will be a pretty captivating morning uh i'd have thought yeah they, 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 they yeah australia need minimum 250 260 i think that feels to me as if like that would be a challenging chase where it's yeah. being interrupted and like australia's bowling lineup has looked like still exceptionally good, right? Stark yeah. in particular looks really, really good, um, and obviously Cummins is just leading that attack like fantastically. Yeah. Um, Todd Murphy, massive, massive job as well on his shoulders, like his inexperience in that space. Um, I don't think he bowled, like as I said earlier, I don't think he bowled absolutely atrociously to Ben Stokes. It's really difficult to bowl to Ben Stokes in that space. Got him out. I think that would have rattled him. Yeah, I think, but still, there's a little bit of rattle, right? When you're going at like sit like two boundaries and over like you're just a bit like shit I need to be wary of what's going to happen here um, and the outfield at Headingley was lightning mm. yeah it was it, it was for sure uh, Ross we've got a handful of questions in um, before we get to that Steve Smith's 100th test he we didn't really talk about this yesterday because there was a lot going on um, he is an absolute great at the game would you say and he took five catches today it's the second time he's taken five catches as an outfield only the second man to do that I, I would say greatest catcher I've ever seen second question is he the greatest test batter you have ever seen um, well, that's quite a big question I think he's 
The guy's a freak, an absolute freak. He's horrible to watch bat, absolutely horrible. But he's, he is like an unbelievable, unbelievable fielder. Um, it's just annoying. He seems to be good at pretty much everything, right? Um, I think in terms of my English bias, I just love watching Joe Root bat. Um, I think there's a lot to be said of what he's achieved in the last kind of couple of years. But for somebody to average, what, pretty much 60 runs in the modern era, um, especially coming over to England where, let's be fair, England juiced the wick, used to juice the wickets. They don't haven't, haven't done it um, in this test series. They play with the Duke's ball and still he absolutely slammed it all over the place. Um, I think it's, yeah, he's yeah, definitely someone who's hit runs home and away. Um, and it's quite a difficult thing to even say, like, actually... Is he better than Bradman? Is is a decent enough kind of conversation to be having? Um, I think. So, I think um, we can exonerate yeah, ourselves from that because we never saw Bradman bat. But um, yeah, which is weird. But yeah. <laughs> in theory, so out of those bits of someone sitting there going, "Do you know what? If we could compare compare eras, which we will very much struggle to do, so Smith is well in that conversation." Um, which I think is yeah, well done him. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, for me, the the modern great in Test cricket. Um, I think you can you can make a solid and probably better argument that Tendulkar was the all round better batter, considering his you know bazillion runs in ODI cricket as well. But Smith is is ten runs ahead of his next best contemporary in in, in the modern era, and it's not all mm. built on Australia as all well, playing in Australia as so well. He averages fifty seven away from Homer. I, I had a look into this for players who've played I think fifty innings. He's fourth all time uh, on a way <laughs> on a, as a, on a way average, and the the only people above him are like they played a hundred years ago. It's 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 like <laughs> it's mad. The guy is just on a completely different planet to. Yeah, and, 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 and you think and think of the bowling attacks that he's kind of faced against as well. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Era. bowling era. I like that. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I think you really got to tip your cap to him. Uh, it was good when he was out, though. As we do, we didn't talk about Bears, though, did we? Bears gave him a send off. What did he say? See you later, Smudge, or see you, Smudge? Yeah, see, yeah, literally, yeah, see you later, Smudge, and then and then Smith obviously see the giving his wicket <laughs> away. It's like, what did you say? What did you say? See you later, see you later, Smudge. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I thought that was a huge overreaction from Smith, to be honest. I think after the last test and how Bairstow was out and obviously how he feels about it, whether with the, what, regardless of what side you're, of the debate you're on, if you're in Bairstow's shoes there and you feel that it wasn't out, you're going to be raging. And when one of, <laughs> I suppose, in your mind, the, the ringleaders gets out doing something dumb, Absolutely, you're going to say something. Like it's it, there's yeah, no no you chance that you're you're not gonna you're gonna miss the opportunity because everyone knows. I'll say I'll yeah I'll, I'll literally I'll say something tomorrow. Like I'd say it every time. Literally, I'm playing literally park cricket. I'll say something tomorrow. Like, um, let alone Bearstow missing that opportunity, right? Because yeah, it was a huge, huge turning point. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah. Smith was li- like livid, livid. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Bearstow's got Smith in his pocket now for for the rest of the series. I think we'll just have to assume <laughs> that there's no there's no way back for Smith. He's uh, if 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 they if they let Bearstow play again like, that's a big question for England I think like they, there is definitely a question mark now um, especially with this lineup that they might have to bring folks back in like, oh, he's, just, he's having such a sh- he's having such a shocker with the gloves like they, there's a big question now around I don't think we can risk this if England win this game I think they almost have to go to folks and kind I, of be like I, yeah, we need I, to like I agree with you I, I don't know if they will right we've got a little bit of time for some questions so if you've got one Bang it in the chat really quickly. We'll start with Pradgewell's. 
I've yes. got one thing to do though. Okay. We are sponsored by Serious Cricket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Use code TCP23 for 10% off your equipment. Buy a hat, new gloves, new gear. Um, I've got my cricket bag's actually just behind me over there. I'm not sure if you guys can actually see that. Um, but that is full of Serious Cricket gear. So uh, yeah, go onto their website and use code TCP23 for 10% off. You can find that in the show notes as well as uh, links to our social media. Get, get involved on the Facebook. We've got Facebook. Head over there. The Facebook. The very Facebook, very yeah, 2005 like of you. Um, yeah. Patreon, obviously, support the show directly. Uh, and we're, 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 this show is presented by Manscaped, sponsored by Manscaped as well, 20% off with the code The Cricket Pod. I think it might be up incorrectly on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. I think it's The Cricket Pod for 20% off and <laughs> free shipping there. Smooth sack summer. Get your balls in shape. Uh, Pradgeville says uh, if they bring back Anderson, who gets dropped for the next test? Well, that's surely Ollie Robinson. Ollie Robinson. Yeah, with, with uh, bad, bad. Back pain, back, back Ollie. Uh, and then we had, Ross, a handful of questions from Twitter. Do you think England will make any other changes? I mean, like you're, you're saying Stokes, it's not Stokes, Folks comes back in. Uh, is there anyone else that you would jettison? Um, so I think it depends how this test match goes ultimately, right? Um, I know there's World Test Championship points on the line, but if England are 3-0 down, then there's a question mark around some of these things and people kind of go, it's the ashes and all this kind of stuff. But the test matches are thick and fast. Um and whether Ben Stokes even for a second considers resting himself if they go 3-0 down or anything like that, that's a massive, massive question. Um, I think that yeah, Bairstow's keeping has not been anywhere near the level that we'd expect it to be. Um, it was relatively surprising that they decided to go with the kind of six batters, Bradistan Royal approach for this test match as well. Um, obviously doing it to be like, we need to take a risk and we need to take those 20 wickets as soon as we possibly can do. So I can see why they've done it. Um, Ollie Robinson being unfit was a big risk. I, I kind of thought they made a mistake in trying to play him three games in a row when they know he's susceptible to injuries. Um, and Josh Tung, I thought, did actually really quite well in the last Test match. Probably warranted a place in the side. Um, Stuart Broad just seems to be the fittest man alive. Like He's bowling really well. He's on form. Like He's completely in, in it. Um, and then batting-wise... like. I'm not sure you drop any of the people who are in there, right? They are England's best batters, but I think it could be bolstered by, yeah, Ben Folks kind of in that lineup. Um, and, yeah, I think what, there was some tweets going around saying that f- with folks in your team, you need to kind of create 19 chances <laughs> to create, but with Johnny Bairstow in, you're t- having to create 26. I think there's uh, someone yeah. from the cricketer. Um, and it kind of rings true a little bit in, the, in this. Um, and you compare him to... Alex Carey, and I know in the preview shows we were saying, right, where are the key battles? And Alex Carey versus Johnny Bairstow was on our list. And like Alex Carey has had an unbelievable series with the gloves. Yeah, like, he has. He's been great. He is, and he's been like, he, and they've been doing analysis of where he's standing. He's really thinking about his game. Like, obviously, the wicket for Bairstow last week, whether you like it or not, kind of good game awareness. Like, he is. He is making a material impact every single game positively Uh-oh. for Australia. I think Johnny Bairstow there. is currently the opposite. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, final couple of questions from Twitter and actually one from our Patreon as well. So, Omkar asked this on Twitter, but we were also asked by VJ uh, on our Discord from Patreon. Um, so, I'm going to ask that one. Uh, if you have a show today, <laughs> tell us about why Broad is so successful against Warner or why Warner fails so often. Is it a mental game or or something seriously wrong with Warner's technique. So you talked talked about this a little bit. I I think it's basically technique and Warner getting a little bit old. And the the other factor is that that Broad has added 
round the wicket to left-handers to his game. And, and that's really why he's probably still a test match quality bowler. Um, I, I think if he wasn't as devastating around the wicket to left-handers, probably would have dropped out of the England team by now or at least be more on a kind of rotational basis. And like you say, I think it is weird from Warner to always be out the same way, sort of <laughs> crease pushing out in front of his, his, his bat. But I think, that, I think that might just be age with Warner. Like he's, he's declined in, in T20 cricket. He's declining in test cricket. Um, the guy is old. Like people can't play forever. And uh, I, I think over this Ashes series and probably the last two as well, we've seen a player that is past their peak uh, and the final question, Ross, uh, comes from Gurjot. If England are going to bottle from here, how are they going to do it? So I don't think it's a bottle if it's a 50-50, but how are England going to lose this test? Because they probably will. Um, it'll be a case of we bowl them out for, say, 2.30. We really think we're in with a shout. We'll start positively. Crawley will be on the front foot. Uh, ben Duckett will be nudging and knurling his way to a thing and we'll get into a uh, we'll get into a position where we're like 40 or 50 for none and everyone's going to be like, yes, we're right in this game. And then Crawley's going to throw it away. Um, Duckett will get uh, caught hooking or something like that. And then all of a sudden, Root is caught LBW by Cummins or something like that. It'll be, it'll be that phase of, of it. Or England will just lose two or three quick wickets and we'll be fucked straight after the game. Uh, it was right in the middle of the, in the what, afternoon session. So, um, One of the... I definitely... Yeah, I, I, we, I, I cannot stress this enough. England do not have it in the locker, I don't think, to chase down more than 250 on on with this batting lineup. I just don't think they've got it. Yeah, I, I'd probably... I think 250 is about right as well. So England have got a job on in the morning. Ross, it's been a pleasure. Um, we are not doing a show tomorrow. Saturday is our day of rest, the Shabbath. So we'll be back <laughs> on... Yeah, we're playing cricket, aren't we, tomorrow? Yeah, so. We are, we are. Uh, London Fields, come down, watch that instead of the Ashes. Um, <laughs> Sunday is the, the game. Probably end up being a recap episode of the whole test, the way things are going. So <laughs> catch you then. Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Tell all your friends. Keep the podcast growing. Uh, we enjoy interacting with everyone and we want it to continue. So, cheerio. Goodbye, everyone. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.